0: So how to lead others as a cell leader? I want to point out a few things to you. Uh, first of all, again, remember the purpose of the fivefold, um, Ephesians 4, 11, and 12, which is to equip God's people for works of service. So fivefold ministers, that is apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, Their job is to equip God's people for works of service. The problem with many of us in our church environments is that we are so used to putting the ministry on those we perceive to be at the front that we fail to realize what actually God expects of us as believers. And as a believer, God actually requires of us to do the work of the ministry. So... Um, Not everyone will lead a cell, but every believer has the potential to lead because of this very um, reality of the function of the fivefold. So, the fact is, it may not be that everyone here will lead a small group. Um, But let's just define a cell again. When we talk about a cell, we're talking about two or more people committed to fulfilling the Great Commission. That's what we're talking about, two or more people. And remember that our Lord Jesus, when he sent people out, he sent them out in twos. He sent them out in twos. Um, but also, he sent them out in twos uh, with individuals or that had a, a certain dynamic. So Peter and Andrew were brothers, and he sent them out. James and John were brothers, and he sent them out. He sent people out who had great relationships and friendships with each other. So when you're talking about leading a cell in particular, you must seek to lead it with people that you have a good relationship with. Especially when you're starting out. And we'll talk about how to start one um, later on. So a cell is two or more believers committed in partnership to fulfilling the great commission of our Lord Jesus. Outlined in Matthew 28 verses 18 to 20 and this mandate is to make disciples very very important the cell exists to obey the great commission to make disciples and uh, we fulfill this mandate in um, making disciples through a commitment to worshiping together serving or ministering together Sowing in evangelism together, fellowshipping together, and the actual process of discipleship. Matthew 1820 says, Where two or three are gathered together in his name, our Lord's name, he is there in the midst of them. So never underestimate the power and the dynamic of two. Because at times, when you have a cell group where it's only two people initially, they think because there's not a lot of people, they can't have a real cell meeting. That's a lie. It's not true. It's very, very important. Leviticus 26.8 says this, Five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight. Your enemy shall fall by the sword before you. Now, what you're seeing is, if five people are in agreement, there is a dynamic that can cause them to overcome a hundred. And if a hundred people are in agreement, it it increases exponentially to one to a hundred where they can overcome 10,000. But the point you need to see there is the power of agreement. The power of agreement. Remember what I shared with you about praying with my uh, assistant where I realized that I just have to get him to agree with me for two minutes for the cell and that would... Create a dynamic for life in our cell. So don't underestimate that. Amos 3.3, can two walk together unless they are agreed? No, they can't. Two cannot walk together except they agree. So to lead a cell, find another person or more who agree with you in your quest to fulfill the Great Commission. Find somebody who agrees with you. That's it. I plant churches, and when I'm planting a church, that's all I need. I just need one person to plant a church. That's all I need. In fact, I need first to hear from him, and then from that point, we plant. So some of the churches we planted, I was sharing with David and Melissa, some of the churches we planted, the church in India, was based on this one person agreeing with me. And we planted the church in India. The church in Sierra Leone, which now, four years ago, we only had three people, now has 950 people, right? Started with three people who agreed with me to plant that church. And 16 churches out of it make that 960 people, but the 950 people. That point I want you to see is the power of agreement. The power of agreement. And at times... When people have a cell meeting and it's only one or two or three, oh, the cell is going down. They curse the cell because of the size of the members that attended the meeting. Never do that. Our Lord sent them out two by two. So you must recognize the validity of another person who agrees with you, especially if you are seeking to lead a cell. Now, why do we need to lead the cell, We're giving, I think this is in your notes. Number one, because of the Great Commission. Because of the Great Commission. As a church, we talk a lot about that, so we don't need to go into that. Number two, because there is always someone less experienced in the faith than you are. Again, many times, people are afraid of leading a small group or a cell because they think that They look at the people around them and think, "Uh, I can't lead him, I can't lead there." And you're probably right, you can't. But there are other people that you can lead. You see, when I started my cell group, I I looked for new people that were coming to the church. I never even thought of addressing the members who were already there. So when visitors came, I introduced myself to them and nicked all of them. Yeah. So I, I didn't even do evangelism. I just recruited the visitors. I say, where do you live? They will say, some far distance, and what most people say, oh, okay, fine, you can't come to my cell. Me, never. My cell, my first cell was in, Chal- was in Vauxhall, Stockwell. Where do you live? Bexley Heath. No problem, you can come to my cell. People were coming from Bexley Heath to my cell in Stockwell. Where do you live? Tensby, great, you can come to my cell. Where do you live? Lewisham. My cell is there. So they'll jump so many other cells and come to my cell. Did I, did I mind? Never. Meanwhile, people who, like, just a few, um, just the, the people live a few places away. they oh, so it's a bit too far for you. Find a new cell. Yeah, And I say, you come to mine. <laughs> Why? Because as far as I'm concerned, there's always somebody less fortunate than I am who needs my input? It doesn't matter where they live, I can help them. Third point, why you need to have a cell? We are to care for one another. We are to care for one another. You see, when I when I went to my in my my old church, great church, many good things about it. Um I didn't have a lot of friends in my old church. I had one or two, but not a lot. But I didn't care. One day, I decided, great, now it's time to help befriend people. Because I'd go to church. I was one of these people who, in church, you wouldn't talk to me. Because the way I would look would tell you, don't talk to me. I don't want, I didn't come here f- to make friends. That was my mind. I have to come to church. I've given my life to Jesus. I have to come to church so I might as well just get it over with. That was my attitude. So I was coming to church because, well, I have to come to church. this was such a lovely family atmosphere. I couldn't give a rip about your family atmosphere. (laughs) Then one day I said, right, great, that's enough of this. I need to start helping people. So I looked and looked around and began to help people. Why I'm saying that is this. Everybody is different. Not everybody wants to be cared for or looked after or loved. So you have to be discerning enough. So people used to say to me in my old church, he's not friendly. They'll say to my friend who I went to church with, they'll say, your friend is not friendly. And they were right, I wasn't. And I didn't care about that. He was very friendly and I wasn't. But when I decided to start caring for people, it didn't matter to me whether they were friendly or not. I would still reach out to them. And so through that, I would get all these people coming to my cell because they felt I cared. Galatians 6.2 Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Number four. Why do we need to lead a cell? In order to have an environment to care for those we win. You see, the cell group is the best environment to care for people in your church. The reality is that there are many people in our churches who feel like they are not cared for, they they are not loved. Not because people don't love them, but because they are not connected. So cell groups are vital to help People come into our churches to feel connected. Number five, why do we need to um, um, have a cell? In order to grow spiritually and bear fruit. You see, cell leadership helps us to avoid spiritual stagnation. John 15, 8, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Again, my testimony has been that because of the cell ministry, that's why I grew in strength spiritually, strength internally, not so much the knowledge base, although that helped a lot, but in terms of my character. Why? Because week in, week out, leading a group of people, it it, it pulls on you. Sometimes you're feeling good, so you're ready, but many times I felt like not so good. There's a word I was going to use, but I'm not sure if it's swearing. I felt I didn't feel so great. So. I would turn up, gritting my teeth, and, oh, God, please, I know him. Not knowing, that was what was building internal muscle in me. If you only share and serve a cell when you feel spiritually ready, you will hardly ever do much. He that observes the wind will not sow. He that observes the cloud will not reap. If you are only looking at the right condition for you, in order to lead, you will not do much. Please, remember, let me tell you this. As a cell leader, there were many times I would turn up to the cell meeting wishing that it was over. But then after the meeting, I was glad I came. Many times. Many times, I would feel like I failed God before the meeting. Because I have I've done something that actually was bad, which we can't tell. But after that, I'll be happy. All of that built in me character and caused me to bear fruit. Six, why do we need to lead a cell, or to lead others or to serve others? Because of our responsibility to disciple others. If you've been in the faith for two, three years, my question will be who are you discipling? If you are serious about following the Lord Jesus, you cannot escape that you have a responsibility to disciple others. 2 Timothy 2 verse 1 and 2, Paul said to Timothy, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. One of the things I discovered about leading a, a cell was that it restricted My freedom to indulge my flesh. Yeah. It restricted my freedom to indulge my flesh. You cannot, excuse me, to say, surf upon sight before you go and share the word because it will show. Somebody will pick it up. Mm. Joe. You look a bit weird today. Uh, There's nothing weird in Jesus' name. No, 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 no. If you're not careful, I, I remember this story prayer meeting. Kind of self-context. They were all praying. And the pastor was praying. And then some little girl said, Pastor. And she just described his adulterous affair in front of everybody. Yeah. So no, it helps you to behave yourself. Oh yeah. That's why at times, come on, if you're honest, when you feel like indulging your flesh, it's time to step down for a season. (laughs) I'm not saying everybody who steps down is indulging your flesh. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Number seven, to facilitate growth and pastoral care in the church. That's not in your notes. To facilitate growth and pastoral care in the church. All right, so how to lead others as a cell leader. Now, the reason why I asked you to do that exercise, that activity, is for you to see how important it is for you to help new people. To help people who need to be helped. The younger ones in the faith. Because trust me, if you don't help them, nobody will. If you're not careful. You see, I used to think if I don't help them, somebody else will. I had a friend. or some He became a friend, but he wasn't a friend at this time. He came to our church. Somebody brought him to our church, in my old church. And when he came, he was zealous and stuff and... I thought, well, I'm not inviting him to my cell because this person invited him, so I leave him. Then I didn't see him for months. And I, was, and I and I asked, where is this person? And it's like, nobody could find him. The person who brought him, he can't find him. And I said to myself, from that point, I will never do that again. Just because somebody brought somebody to church, it doesn't mean they own them. I will make sure. So when the guy came to church, one day he turned up again, ah, beeline. I went and gra- I said, hey, my name's Joseph, blah, blah, blah. And I started inviting him to my cell. He became a minister of the gospel eventually. Yeah. We invited him to. he became established in the Lord, had his own cell, became a minister of the gospel eventually. Now I'm not saying all that is credited to me, bring him to my cell, but it he helped. Yeah. So how to lead others? Number one, and we keep saying this point: make yourself available to serve. Make yourself available. It's very crucial. Number two. Be willing to be trained and discipled by those already experienced. This is very, very important. This is why it's so good that so many of you are here today. Make yourself willing to be trained. At times, those who have been in cell leadership for a while, they have this mindset, I've done the training before. No, you haven't. You've done some training, but we all need ongoing training. Paul said to the Philippian church, The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. One of the reasons why I share a lot of personal testimony is because I know the power of impartation For example. I share strengths and I share weaknesses. Because when you see that, it will help you to have an understanding of the dynamics involved in leading a cell. Three, develop the daily habit of prayer. Now you're looking at somebody who hated praying. I, it's not, um, let me be clear, I hated praying. I found it the most boring of disciplines after fasting. Fasting was the worst, then prayer. Even Christian music was okay compared to prayer. And I hated Christian music. It was some of the most boring Thing. Today you guys, you know, you listen to all your nice thingy. Listen, I was in the 80s. It was rubbish. A lot of it, country and western proper. I mean, I'm glad morning when the night is over, I'll fly away. I'm a 18-year-old young man. What am I gonna do with that kind of music? I'm used to hearing yellow man and all of them. And then, in the darkness, when the light is over. <laughs> yeah. But, even though I hated praying, I realized I had a spirit of prayerlessness. I asked the Lord, I said, please give me the spirit of prayer. When I realized I was prayerless, I, had that, I didn't have no grace to pray. And through the little steps I made, and also leading a cell helped me a lot because i had to pray man you have to pray in it Shabbat, ah, you have to pray little steps help me bit by bit but developing a healthy prayer life does not mean you pray like pastor peter who spends like five hours shoko ball ready for <laughs> jericho hour you 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 you, you 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 can't compare yourself to such people can't, no 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 you you have to calm down me i was a 20 minute guy 20 minutes and I'm done. <laughs> That's a lot of praying for the day. Yeah. But develop a healthy prayer habit. It starts small and build up. Prioritizing prayer is of paramount importance. And it includes praying regularly for yourself. Number four, study the word of God on a regular basis. Now again, I'm not one of these who really... I'm really like an academic guy, okay, I know you might not believe me, but I'm not um but what I did learn to do was to study things that interested me, and I'd study obscure things. I have to be honest, I'd study like if I heard something that sounded amazingly obscure, Nimrod I said, huh, let me research that but through but through but through that, I actually learned something along the way, so you know. I, I wasn't one of these who would say, well, oh, let me study the love of God. Although you should. You should study the love of God. But that wasn't the kind of thing that did it for me. No, I want to find out about the two witnesses. I want to find out about the mark of the beast. But, so when I studied these weird subjects, actually I found that over time, it began to increase my ability to study. So what I'm saying is, study things that interest you. You know, You may not be interested in what I'm interested in, but you're interested in something. Study things in, from the Word of God that interests you, but study it on a regular basis. You know, Psalm nineteen seven says, nineteen verse seven. It says, "The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul." When you study God's Word on a subject, it actually changes your way of thinking as you study it. Fifth point, the priority of focus. Again, key. You must focus on yourself. If you want to lead others as a cell leader, focus on yourself. Our Lord was completely focused in what he did. He steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem when his time was near. Luke 9.51. Focus on yourself must be your primary ministry, especially for most of you who are not leading a church or, uh, or anything like that. Even if you are leading a church and you have a cell group, focus on it. Focus on yourself. You must see yourself as a cell ministry as a vital part of your personal and spiritual development. Don't see it as an add on, see it as a vital part of your spiritual development. This is what helped me to grow. This is what helped me to develop. If you just see it as a job that you do once a week, you will never see its fruit. Uh, It will never bear proper fruit in your life. But if you see it, As vital to your development as your prayer time. As vital to your development as studying the word. Because what it does is it forces certain disciplines on you. Look, monitor, those of you who've led sales before, monitor your life. You will discover that the times when you didn't want to do it was because your disciplines were suffering. Maybe even there were areas in your walk with God that you were struggling And the cell became a burden. But it can also, if you flip it, it can be useful to help you if you're serious about discipleship. That No, 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 no. This cannot go on. So rather than let me exit, maybe you need to re-examine. Number six, if you want to lead others well, prepare well for your meetings. We touched on this earlier. Prepare for your meetings. Proverbs 14, 15. The simple believes every word, but the prudent considers well his steps. You have to consider well your steps. So, like you guys are blessed, you get the outlines of the teachings every every Sunday service, most of the time. Use those outlines and study them. And also, you're blessed. There's these, there's these, these wonderful books that was written by somebody, uh, somebody here yeah, this wonderful amazing book here incredible you should you should if you don't know what to study study what's in this book i tell you by the time you finish you will have some knowledge because it deals with discipleship themes and then you can teach it one of the things i learned very very early on i'm not giving it to you to keep <laughs> <laughs> the way you are thanking me no 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 you have to buy it yourself my dear 25 quid that is sorry <laughs> the mission fund needs that money. No, 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 no. You can't have it. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that... I, I've just forgotten what I was about to say there. <laughs> One of the things that um, you you need to realize when it comes to your cell meetings is this. As you teach things, you learn. You learn. As you teach, you learn. So what I realized is I wasn't able to go to CLTI. I wasn't able to go to some Bible school. I didn't have that privilege. But because I had to teach things, it caused me to be equipped. It caused me to be equipped. Number seven, be committed to winning souls for Christ and spreading the gospel. Look, let me tell you this. If there is one area that I found intimidating as a believer and even as a Christian and even as a minister, it was going out and sharing my faith how many of you find that intimidating at times yeah I know there's not everyone I'm surprised that you raise your hands because you're always going out, Andrew's always going out but he still finds it intimidating it's normal that's normal, I remember once in Leicester Square I was sharing, ah, some guy was about to punch me, that, t- that, I pretended like I was cool but actually I was like oh, I was scared what were you doing? I was like in the name of Jesus. <laughs> <Meanwhile>, <laughs> no. The point I'm making is, is this even though you might be scared, confront your fear. You see, we, we hide behind all these cliches. It's not, we, we do friendship evangelism. We, you know, for it's not preaching at people. All these nonsense things that we hide behind. Look, follow Jesus. He's your master, follow his example. Don't, don't listen to all this modern nonsense, which actually is void of the power of God. When, when Peter went to plant in Sierra Leone, going around, if he tried just friendship evangelism, <laughs> we, we're not here to share anything. He went into a Muslim community and said, we're not here to say anything about Christ. We're just here to be nice to you. You see, even though you have anything. No, no, no. You have to share the gospel. It is the power of God to salvation. When you share your faith with people and you share the word of God with people, many will reject it, but there are those waiting for you. Yeah. Luke 19.10, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And that is what leading others are about. At times, as a cell leader and as a leader um, growing up in my local church, I'll say to guys, come on, let's go evangelism. And they would think that I was so confident. They didn't know. I was terrified. I needed them around me so that I could go and say something. But I pretended, like, yeah, come on, let's go, come on. Hey, let's go, let's go, come on. Meanwhile, because I was actually scared. So when they'll see me preaching, and I was, I was one of these who would do preaching, like I'm in Clapham Junction or like, say, some shopping center like the Albany there, and I'll say, right, come on, let's start. As see if I like you think, I, this man, he knows, this young man, man, he, he's really wise, he knows what he's doing. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Yes, Jesus loves you. And then that's not working. God is coming to judge all of you. Uh-huh. And then you know, huh? What's that? God is going to kill you. God is going to. Like, oh. And so you see some of the guys, oh, Joe, man, come on. But now people are listening. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. I'm not saying go and tell people God's going to kill him. I'm not saying that. <laughs> what I'm saying to you is, is this: your commitment to soul winning doesn't mean you know what you're doing. Doesn't mean you're going to always have it right. But what it will do is, it will help your people, and it will help you more importantly. So, in one way, you know, find the ways that works for you. I mean, obviously, you're not all nuts like this guy here and go to some place and start screaming and telling people God's going to kill him. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Remember, I didn't know what I was doing. I wouldn't do that now. But there are things you can do in sharing your faith. Number eight, look out for those who need encouragement and strengthen them. This one is easy. The the soul winning one is hard. This one is easy. It's easy to find people who need encouragement. Trust me. Almost all of us need encouragement. And especially your members, those in your cell. Number nine, if you want to lead others properly, do not allow your weaknesses and failures to define you as a leader. Don't allow that to define you because if you do, you quit. If you do, you quit. One of my favorite verses of Scripture, Hebrews 4, 15 and 16, We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This scripture, I have used it so many times. I wonder why. Because I have messed up so many times. And if you don't allow God's grace to pick you up when you fail, you will quit leading yourself. Number 10, make yourself accountable to spiritual authority. We've touched on that eleven. Number 11, make yourself accountable to those you lead by example if you want to lead them properly. You see, people are not looking for perfect leaders. No, they are looking for leaders who are willing to take responsibility when they get it wrong. People will not have a problem with you if you fall in sin and you own up. What they'll have a problem with if you try and pretend. That is not a big deal. No, 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 no. People, no, no, no. You have to be willing to take responsibility. And so your example, being an example to people, doesn't mean you're perfect. It means you take responsibility. Look at what Paul said to Timothy, 1 Timothy four twelve. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. These are the things you should look at. These are the things you should aim for. Do not allow yourself to be an untouchable. What that means is where, you you know, you're you're so good, nobody can come close to you. Allow people to learn from your failures and your successes, but beware of, of loading on them instead of empowering them. So when you are sharing with people, don't, like, if you're going through something at the moment, that's not the time to share with the people you're leading. What's the right Joe? <laughs> just, I'm just it's just so really bad. I'm just really struggling. I just feel like I just was just want to go and just sin. I just want no no don't do that. Talk to those you're accountable, your those your pastors or your leaders about what you're struggling with. Don't share that with them. That's not being transparent, that's being stupid. Because <laughs> they'll be like, okay, 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 no, 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 okay. Don't worry, you can make it no no, I don't think I can. I'm really I'm just thinking, you know, the internet, the internet. Now you're putting it in their head. What's on the internet? No, 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 no. So, what you do is you share with people when you've gone through it. Like, this is what I did when I was going through this time, and I or oh, I failed here. This is how I dealt with it. This is what I did. Not as you're going through it, gosh, are you as well? Oh, let's go. Oh, oh, oh. I'm thinking of leaving the church. Don't, don't that's not when you share with those people. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of leaving this church and I don't know, Jack Joseph, I don't know, I don't know, you know. I don't, Yeah, me too, I've been thinking of, yeah, boy, before you know it, we've lost, we've lost you and them. No, 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 no. If you're thinking of leaving the church, go and talk to somebody who is not thinking of leaving the church, who can help you. Because everybody goes through that, even the pastors think of leaving the church, I'm telling you. Are you you listening? Even the pastors at times. I'm thinking, I might tell your wife, you know what, I'm thinking of leaving the church and she might say, I'm thinking the same. We're thinking the same. (laughs) Quickly, number 12. Be committed to following up your members and other members of the church who are not part of yourself. Following up your people is crucial. Phone calls, text messages, visitations, it's all part of follow up. Now you have to gauge your people. Some people like that kind of thing. Some people, it's like, seriously, leave me alone. You have to gauge it. Not everybody wants to be followed up, but some people need to be followed up. So gauge your group. You know. And if you call someone and say, sorry, w- w- what's this about? I was just going to see how you are. I'm fine. And you come to say, Yes. I mean, seriously. What, 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 uh, no, no, it's okay. Uh, but don't you know that God loves you? My friend, what, what's this about? I'm very busy. <laughs> it's best you, you know. Other people, if you call them, yeah, just call to see how you're doing. No, I'm okay. Okay, fine. Bye. <laughs> no, so you have to use wisdom. All right? Look out for new believers. Look out for visitors. Look out for those who miss church services. Look out for those who are sick. Look out for those you have not seen for a while. You know, sometimes it's interesting. Somebody said to me, "Oh, I, you know, I haven't seen your your sister for a while. Is she all right?" Well, she hasn't been great. Have oh, you seen? She hasn't been in church for the last six weeks. Oh, oh Okay, hmm. yeah. So just let her know that I, I asked of her. I won't. Let, I will not let her know because that's going to make things even worse. You haven't called her. You've just asked me. I've told you she's been sick, and you say, "Oh, tell her." That you, the great one, is thinking of (laughs) her. No. One of the things I want to encourage you, the minute you realize you haven't seen someone, call them. Send them a note. Send them a text. Seriously, you might be surprised. You might think, oh, they don't need it. They do. Do you know how many times as pastor people say to me, I haven't been in church for the last three months and nobody has called me. Uh, But I've been calling you. Well, you're not included. You're the pastor. You're supposed to call me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Number 13, be available for those who are already part of your group. Make yourself available. If you want to lead others, make yourself available for them. It doesn't mean they come and live in your house. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean you pay for their electric bills. It doesn't mean that. But it does mean you make sure they know you love them, you care for them, you are, you've got a listening ear for them. But it doesn't mean that 12 midnight and you're doing counseling. No, no, you don't, don't, no, no, no. doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that you're going cook meals for them. It doesn't mean that. That's not, you know, that if you, if you want to know what it means to care for people, talk to those that are pastoring. You know, we can talk about it afterwards. right? But what I'm trying to say is, is that be there for them. Strengthen the weak hands. Make firm the feeble knees, like he says in Isaiah 35, 3, and number 4, 14, sorry. Be committed to holiness. This, I end with that because it is so crucial. Being committed to holiness doesn't mean you won't mess up. You will. Doesn't mean that at times you will not defile yourself. You may. But be committed to holiness. Hebrews twelve fourteen. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Amen. Let's pause there for a moment. Ask some questions before we take a break. Thank you.